0: Hello, I'm Sarah Meredith, the director of Radical Manifesto Limited. The purpose of this podcast is to inspire and motivate people to live their dreams. Welcome, Donna Campbell. I loved that you lived in a spiritual community for a year. Can you tell me about that?
1: Yes, it was about a time in my life where I was leaving the financial services world, and I had to recover my health because I wasn't able to digest food for a couple of years and my marriage had ended because it was full of infidelity so i decided to understand what was you know going on what did i need how did i need to heal and i yeah, chose yeah. to move to an ashram which was a spiritual living community and what i started doing was i started studying meditation and brainwave patterns and science and physics and yoga and all of these different um, crafts from the Eastern world to start blending with my Western knowledge to really start healing, not only my mind, my body, but also my spirit.
0: Where, where is it? I, sorry, I should have probably checked when uh-huh. you came on, but where, uh-huh. where is it?
1: Um, I stayed in the United States. And so I was at a place called Ananda and it was over, they had several different communities, but I was over in the Portland, Oregon,
0: are they, are they off grid? Yeah. Do they? How does it work? Mm-hmm.
1: Yes. So we lived there um, at the community, and we did a lot of community activities together.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: We had a temple there at the uh, where everyone was, and I lived just above the temple. And then we had a larger temple um, in the next town over where their school was, and that was right next door to the school. So people from the public come and attend. Um, I stayed there at the ashram. My children attended the school. I did their teacher training program. And that really gave us a good strong foundation for growing together. And, but we did everything like we would, we had freedom to go on and off the ashram. We had freedom to, if we wanted to have an outside job, we could do that as well. But if you wanted to really immerse yourself into the studies and you just stayed there on site, and then you worked yourself into um, what was everything that was going on there at that. So it kind of had a dual role, so.
0: And what what made you decide to leave? Or well way. <laughs> yeah with Lee,
1: <laughs> yeah With my health, I wasn't able to digest food for over two years and doctors oh. weren't able to figure out what was wrong with me. So I turned to natural medicine and I met a lady who did some Chinese medicine and she said, because you're not digesting things on the inside, there was things you couldn't digest on the outside. And as my body started recovering, what I realized I couldn't digest was, the infidelity of my marriage and what was happening and the amount of anger I was absorbing. So I was literally eating anger. So in the little town that I was living in, I started reaching out to other places for natural healing because I knew that there was something about it. I only needed a $30 bottle of enzymes to repair a mucus lining in my stomach where Western medicine took over two years and still could not figure out what was wrong and removed a perfectly healthy gallbladder. And so I knew that there was something connected. So there was a Buddhist monk I ran into who was starting to do some classes, um, at a friend's facility. And I went to several of them and he had us one time stand up and do a walking meditation. We walked in a circle for 20 minutes and he sat us back down and he said, this is a metaphor for life. And we just kind of looked at him like, what do you mean? And he goes, you were very mindful. You were very mindful how far you were in front of somebody, how far behind somebody you were, what was on your sides. You had complete awareness. This is a metaphor to live your life by. So meditation isn't something you do. It's something you become. So it's not that you're doing it for 10 minutes a day. It's when you're tending the children, when you're driving the car, when you're going to work, this is the state of mind to be in. So it's a state of being. And that was when I realized I needed to know more because I wanted to live my life in that way because I didn't like all the chaos and the anger and the stress and the frustration. So I moved to the ashram because I was gonna perfect this on a daily basis. And that was the foundation of what I do today.
0: And what, what do you do today?
1: As a healer, what I do is I work with people reprogramming the subconscious mind to get different results. So here in the US, a lot of people call it mind whispering. That's what the media calls me. And what we're doing is we're going in and we're shifting that energy, the stress, the worry, the frustration, the anxiety into a higher frequency that got stuck onto an event. And when that happens, then you start obtaining results hundred percent of the time. A lot of it is the same type of transformations that I went through in my own self. Mm-hmm. So the events in your life don't always change, but how you felt about the events did change. And these were some of the techniques that I learned from a medicine woman who taught me and how to make some of these energy shifts and how to work with this part of the subconscious.
0: Wow. It's so interesting. So what is walking meditation? I have heard of it before, but how does it work?
1: Um, What he just had us do was he just had us stand up. There was about eight of us in the (laughs) class and he had us form a circle and literally you just walk in a circle Except we got to do that for 20 minutes. So it was the amount of time walking in the circle and just a continuous circle. Your brain starts to go into altered states or altered patterns, and you can start increasing your awareness because what it's doing is it's an exercise that you're focusing a physical sense to. And when that happens, then meditation just is. So people think a lot of times meditation, you have to sit around and you're going, oh, and you're trying to get no thought. Really. That's not true. Yes. That is the outcome, but that's not how you get into that state. And from what I've learned from the Buddhist monk, yoga healers, when you sit and meditate, you take one of your senses and you focus your sense for a period of time. And when that sense gets focused, It puts you into a meditative state, which is just an alteration of your brainwave patterns, which is what you want. So you're more calm, more balanced, more focused. You have clarity. So by walking in a circle with a group of people for a certain amount of time, it did that for us naturally and naturally put us in that meditative state.
0: That's really interesting because I think as you said, like even myself, I think of meditation as I I do... I don't necessarily think of it as, you know, the sitting and going, hmm, I know that's another Mm -hmm. way, but, you know, I tend to use guided meditations. But I think Mm -hmm. it's true. You can meditate even washing the dishes, you know, as long as you're actually focused. It's about being focused, isn't it? Mm -hmm. It's about being focused and being present
1: on what you're doing. Right. Absolutely. And it all has to do with your brainwave patterns. When we're in our conscious waking state, we're in a beta brainwave. So in that, that runs 14 to 21 cycles per second. In the higher parts, the 21 Mm area, that's where we're having the stress, the worry, the frustration, pressure, anxiety. But then when we start lowering that in our beta brainwave, then we become a little bit more centered. You can be more at peace, more at calm. An alpha brainwave is when we start to daydream. So you're working, like you're washing the dishes, you're doing the activity, but then you start thinking about what you're going to be doing tomorrow or the vacation that you're going to be yeah. taking or or or. And then from there, um, that's the daydreaming state. You go into a theta brainwave. And a theta brainwave runs four to seven cycles per second. And this is when you're sleeping, but you're awake, but you know you were dreaming, but you woke up, but you went back into your dream. That's a theta brainwave. We do this naturally every day as humans, because we wake up in a theta brainwave. We go into the alpha brainwaves, and then we go into our beta brainwaves. And then at night, when the sun goes down, you automatically reverse that process. So you go to sleep at night, because after theta, you go into delta, which is where the deep ground sleep is. So all we're doing, like if you're living in this state of beingness, like washing the dishes, Mm -hmm. instead of being in that stressed out beta brainwave, all you've done is shifted your brainwave pattern because you focused and you are very mindful about washing the dishes. It was a repetitive pattern, for example, it will start putting you into an alpha and a theta brainwave. And then that's the place that we want to do all of our activities from, not from that stressful state.
0: And how long does it take to get into that state? I mean, as a habit, I know they say 21 Uh days, but can it happen sooner? Right.
1: Yeah, you can do it on your very first time. Um, What I like to do is just different focused exercises. I set a timer on my phone and I um, do the same exercise Until my timer goes off. But usually by the time my timer goes off, I'm in a meditation, I'm switching off the timer and I want to stay there. So um, one of my favorite exercises is a breathing exercise. When we breathe in, we're breathing in oxygen. And when we breathe out, we breathe out carbon dioxide. Mm -hmm. Now, oxygen has all of the good nutrients and everything that the body needs. And when we breathe out, it's breathing out carbon dioxide and all of the things, all of the toxins and the things the body doesn't need. So what happens is, is you can use two words to associate. So if you find that you're stressed or that you're worried, or you're starting to panic, stop, recognize that there's stress and panic, but then think how would you rather feel? And that might be peace and calmness. So what we're going to do when we breathe in, you breathe in peace and calmness. When you breathe out, you breathe out stress and panic. And so you just sit there, peace, stress, peace, stress. And you do that for several minutes. And because those are the only two things you're thinking while you're breathing in and breathing out, you focused your sense. In the heart space, in the feeling area, you gave your mind something to do. So it's not going to wander off as easily. And after a couple of minutes, you will start dropping into that meditative state. And then you become relaxed. And then pretty soon you're just breathing deeply. And then pretty soon the thoughts, peace, stress aren't there. And then you just go into that, that transcendental meditation. Um, for me, that will take me anywhere from gosh, three to 15 minutes to reach that state, depending on what's going on in my life. But that's a fun little exercise you can do. You can break up your day and set a timer every three hours, stop, do that exercise. Because when you do, what happens is, is your workflow flows much easier and faster. And you have more focus, clarity, and balance. And when you return back to work, it just flows right out of you because you're in that more peaceful, rested state. And you don't have all the static of all the other emotions that are pulling your consciousness in all these different directions.
0: Yeah, and I think you're more creative than us well, aren't you? That's why mm-hmm. um, you can more. Because I find for myself, if I the irony is, you know, when we stress about work, oh my God, I need to do X, Y, and Z, I have to do all this today. You end up not doing any of it because you're so stressed out about it all. Or mm-hmm. when you try and do it, you know, it doesn't, you don't Absolutely. do it as well as you could do. So, yeah, I think definitely being relaxed helps. I know you've written a book. What's the book about?
1: What's it called? The um, the book is called Financially Fit. It's living the secrets to an abundant and prosperous life. And what I did was because I was a financial advisor and a managing principal of an investment firm, I was responsible for $500 million of other people's money. Wow. And then my health, my marriage, mm-hmm. the ashram, mm-hmm. all of those things. Well, when I left the ashram, what happened was I was a single mom of two children and I became financially devastated myself following all of the money rules because I took that year off. And when I went to re-enter, it was during the global recession and nobody was hiring in my career path. So I dedicated my life to healing and after 12 years, I realized that clients, no matter where they were around the world, had similar patterns.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: they would say things like, I just want to know that I'm worthy or I'm enough or I'm valued. And one day it clicked. Those were the same words we use for money in the financial mm-hmm. services world. Your, your portfolio value is, your net worth is, your wow, assets what? appreciated. Oh, do you have enough money to fund XYZ goal? And if you didn't feel like you were enough on the inside, chances were you didn't have enough on the outside. So there was a direct correlation. And then I was realizing that no matter what I worked on with the client, their money supply always improved because Mm -hmm. the universe is all. So even if you're working on the area of health, what would happen then the money, but also improve with it because that frequency we're sending out changes. And so you attract different things to you. And so in financially fit, I talk about a lot of these different connections, how money got associated with the soul's essence, how money tries to replace the soul's essence. Cause we think money's going to bring us happiness, but that's outside of us and happiness comes from the inside. Yeah. Of you. And so it's all of these little principles and some things of how to go in utilizing some of these techniques to make that energy shift from those lower vibrations to a higher vibration so you really do create on purpose what you want
0: well you know i didn't even think that the terminology that they use in the financial space actually so you know i mean i'm not saying it's ever to blame anybody but very often when you've got money blocks you end up thinking it's my fault i got those blocks we also get them from Like, I know for me, I got them from my parents, but I didn't realize that it's probable you get them from outside too. They come from the financial. Sorry, what we said.
1: Oh, no, everything that the world teaches you. Even your parents, your parents are what um, I call your direct money experiences because how they interacted with money is how you learned how to interact with money vibrationally before you even knew what money was. And that's where a lot of the blocks come from. But there's even things that got stuck in the DNA. There's the history level. There's um, then the things that we've learned in the dream time and on the soul level as well. So one of the areas you know, even with the government and issuing money, like here in the United States, we had the federal reserve. And yeah. so they, they print our money, they, you know, put it in circulation, but we have this concept of inflation mm-hmm. because in 1900, we were associ- we were on the gold standard and a dollar was worth a dollar because it was backed by the actual physical gold. Well, in the 1970s, we went off the gold standard and to a different, uh, what they called fiat currency. And because of that, we got the concept of inflation. So today that same dollar might be worth well, actually the dollar's worth negative. So if it was a hundred dollars, a hundred dollars, yeah. a hundred dollars, that same hundred dollars is worth maybe a cent today. So wow. there's this concept of inflation. And if money is at your center and you believe it brings you happiness, you have to earn that money more times to get the same value that you would have in 1900. In the 1960s, if salary of $12,000 bought you a home that was worth $12,000, it was a one-to-one ratio supported a family of five people, grandmother, and some pets. Now, today, our income might be more, it might be 60000 it might be 100000 but the home values are three and four times that because of yeah. the concept of inflation. So what's happening just even in the world is that is stealing a little bit of your essence because you always have to work more, do more, try to earn more to keep up with the costs Whereas before, it was in direct proportion.
0: Yeah, because that's so like another way. Like I remember my parents, like they would, you know, in pounds they spend like forty pound for a month. Mm-hmm. A month's a month's lot of food, and you're like, you know, forty pound doesn't last a week now. You know, or, right? you know, for food. So mm-hmm. yeah, I can see what you mean. There's like the inflation is just like, and it's not getting. And much it chips better.
1: away at your soul's essence. And so what happens with a lot of people is, is that when money comes in, you feel happy, excited, and exuberant because you have more, but when you spend it out, you start feeling less than and depleted and, oh no. And then the worry sets in. And that's what I mean by, you know, this money taking over or being a part of that of the soul money is whatever energy you apply to it. It's not Mm -hmm. you it's outside of you. So it shouldn't have any bearing on who you are. But yes, it's the exact same, exact same principles. What's not going, you know, $40, 40 pounds isn't going as far as it used to.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, and even in this last year or two with the whole COVID and the pandemic um, here where I live, there's shortage of staff of all mm-hmm. the restaurants and all of the restaurants prices went up because supplies went up. So the same meal I was able to get two years ago increased 25% now, So it's like, I don't even know if I can eat out because it's, you know, another $20, $25 for the exact same meal because of how it's working. So it's slowly but surely taking those pieces away.
0: And even here, we've got um, Brexit and issues with that. So there's Mm -hmm. problems with, I mean, even what we call, you know, potato chips, you know, we call them crisp. I think you call them potato Mm -hmm. chips over there, like there running out and it's like my daughter's not too impressed about it <laughs>
1: but yep absolutely could
0: you tell us a bit of advice for our listeners please
1: yes I'm gonna say the best advice that I can give you is to live the life that you love and love the life that you live and if you look at your life and there's parts of it that you're not absolutely 100% in love with, you know, there's opportunities for change and opportunities for growth. But if you can create the life that you love and you love to live it, then you're going to be, you're going to win and you're going to be successful a hundred percent of the time.
0: Wow. That's amazing advice. And can you please tell our listeners how they can get in touch with you and how they yes. can work with you if they...
1: Yes, absolutely. The easiest way is just through, um, if you wanted to know more, you can go to the website at donnacampbell.com, or you can find me on Instagram and Facebook under that. And Donna is spelled D-A-W-N-A, Campbell. So if you just type my name in and even into Google, you'll see all the different resources that come up where you can connect with me. And um, the other fastest way is just reach out with a text message, even if through WhatsApp, and the number is 208-220-4607.
0: Thank you very much for coming on today. It's been so lovely talking to you.
1: Yes. Thank you so much for having me.